Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What's going on, people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, creator of the House and Browse Timbles newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Hoopus and SB Nation. Once again, I'd like to apologize for missing the post-gamer against the Grizzlies. Sometimes life just gets in the way of these things, and that's especially true when you are located on the other side of the world and you're dealing with time zone deadlines. Sometimes it just doesn't work, and just like the Wolves on that particular night, it just didn't work. I'd also like to thank all of the listeners and all of the subscribers to Howls and Growls. Even with this tumultuous season that we're in right now, the numbers have been steadily growing. If you haven't subscribed, I'd be remiss if I didn't encourage you to head over to howlsandgrowls.substack.com or just follow the link in the show notes to check it out. The player ratings after every game are certainly a subscriber favorite, but for just three bucks a month, you can pair those player ratings with X's and O's breakdowns and long-form articles. That $3 doesn't sound like a lot, but it really, really goes a long way to making this a full-time job, and every day we're getting closer to hitting that mark. But anyway, that is enough about me. The Wolves are back, baby. A post-game show about a win. And it feels good. It didn't feel good in the fourth quarter when the Cleveland Cavaliers minus Donovan Mitchell and Jarrett Allen, among other players, whittled what was a 24-point lead down to a two-point lead for the Wolves. But it felt damn good before that, and it felt damn good when that final whistle finally blew. And among all the weirdness that was this game, we got perhaps our most prolonged stretch of offensive chemistry and consistency of the season for the first three quarters and even for long parts of the fourth the Wolves finally looked like a team who can absolutely crush teams with their offensive firepower the kind of team we expected them to be before this season started and all of that came with Anthony Edwards floundering for much of the night and as usual that kind of led me down a statistical rabbit hole and that's why this episode's number is 127.8, as in Minnesota's 127.8 offensive rating for this game. If you don't know, offensive rating is simply points scored per 100 possessions so that it evens out across a total number that can be averaged across the league without it being unfair, kind of depending on how many possessions get played in one game. So the Wolves scored 128.8, 127.8 points per 100 possessions in this game. That number ranks in the 91st percentile for all games played by every team this season. So let's take a short little break, then dive into why I think this is more than just a simple one-game observation. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Now, the Wolves were great offensively tonight. And that 127.8 number cements that eye test theory. But I've been noticing a trend of late. A trend of these high offensive rating numbers. And they're appearing a lot more than they had at the start of the season. And that was that hunch was right when I started to look into those numbers. In the past seven games or since the start of November, the Wolves are actually 11th in offensive rating. They are 7th in effective field goal percentage and 7th in free throw rate. Effectively, they are an above, above average to very good offense at the moment. Now, when you look at the talent on this roster... That shouldn't be surprising. They do have a load of talent, but considering how poor they've been playing in terms of results, and especially how poor they were offensively to start this season, that is a giant leap in the right direction. In the seven games before the start of November, so we've had seven games before November, seven games in November, in those previous seven games before the start of this month, they were 24th in offensive rating, seventh in effective field, uh, 17th in effective field goal percentage, and 21st in free throw rate. And we spoke about those numbers a few times on these number crunch shows, and they were awful, and they felt awful. The difference here is that that first stretch of seven seven games, they were the fourth best defense in the league, and over these past seven games, they've been the second worst defense in the league. So what we can gather off these tiny sample size kind of splits between games is that they started off slow and sluggish offensively against the Spurs and the Lakers and the Oklahoma Cities of the world. But they were able to defend well in those matchups against what would be the quote-unquote easier games. But when the opponents uh, improved, they traded defensively but found themselves improving steadily offensively, culminating in this big performance against the Cavs tonight. Now, I'm not sure I have the answer because I think everyone approaches it differently. But the question is, what side of the ball has the highest ceiling for this team? Do you think that Rudy Gobert's presence means that they're likely to turn things around and end up a top 10 or a top 15 defense, as has always been the case with Gobert's teams? Or do you think with the likes of D'Angelo Russell, who was simply superb tonight, along with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and the rest of the offensive firepower that this team has, they will find it easier to max out their offensive potential. Now, again, I don't know the answer to that question. I think it's up for debate, and maybe it changes on a night-to-night basis at the moment. But if you think they're going to end up a good defensive team, then the recent trend of numbers is probably a good thing. They've been 
awful on defense, but they're figuring it out offensively. And eventually the defense will come around. However, if you think that the offense has has a higher ceiling, then this becomes a little more dicey and a little more worrying. They're kind of trending in the way that you'd expect a high-powered offense to trend, but they also are starting to neglect the other side of the ball. Honestly, for me, I think I'm happier this way. I know the results aren't the same. They were 4-3 and three in those original seven games, and they're 2-5 and five in this next seven games. And they obviously need to play better defense if they want to be a team that consistently wins games and consistently is challenging when it comes to playoff time or to playoff seeds. But I think they will get a smidge more chemistry offensive, uh, defensively and they won't have to face the best offenses in the league over a two-week stretch like they have over these past two weeks. But the offense was worrying me. I was getting to the point where I just couldn't find it in me to believe that they will ever begin to gel on that end or if these pieces were ever going to, I guess, lock into place and become one big picture rather than just a bunch of scattered puzzle pieces. But I do think we're starting to see the remnants of that right now, the small little sample size of that right now. I think we saw good offense against the Suns. I think we saw it against Memphis. And we certainly saw all of it tonight against the Cavaliers. They are moving the ball. They are finding a a nice blend of effective pick and roll with Rudy and effective pick and pop with Cat. And while D'Lo and Ant are still very inconsistent and that's a different topic altogether, if you can get at least one of them percolating every night and you can keep finding a rhythm with both of those big guys, all of a sudden that firepower they do have becomes enough to compete and enough to win, even while that defense continues to search for a solid bond and continues to search for some of the effectiveness that they had at the beginning of the season. Now, I know they're not out of the hole that they've dug themselves yet, but I think this was a nice start to getting out of that hole, even if they did almost shove themselves even further back into that hole in that fourth quarter. And the numbers seem to be trending toward even more success on the horizon. I think you can win a lot of regular season games by being a very good offense. And I don't believe that a team with Gobert, with Jaden McDaniels, will will hover around that 28th to 20th mark defensively. I think that the it's more likely that this team begins to trend back toward average or above average or even really good defensively. But the offense was just so clunky that it, I wasn't sure that was ever going to work itself out. But as we've seen, and as I said to start this podcast, as the number for this podcast suggests, this team is really starting to work something out offensively and to work multiple things out offensively. And again, this was the culmination of that, those first three quarters, and even most of the fourth when Darius Garland wasn't hitting crazy shots. This team was really good offensively, really good chemistry, moving the ball well, getting out in transition, running off makes and misses, hitting shots from three, which I've harped on so much in this podcast is so important. I just think that the the last few games, even if a few of them have been losses, have been really encouraging offensively, and I believe in this defense as a whole. So I think we're I think we're heading in the right direction. Again, they haven't dug themselves out of this hole, and maybe this hole will be 
too deep to ever fully dig themselves out of to become a top four seed. But this is a nice start. And maybe it is time to start believing again, even if it's just the tiniest little bit of belief. If you do, I'll be here. If you don't, I'll be here. I hope you will be too.